0: Running is an inherently risky sport when it comes to injuries. You know, the injury rate among runners is actually really high. You know, depending on the study that you look at, up to about 75% of runners are gonna get hurt in any given calendar year. And that number is just pretty insane. You know, that is higher than professional football. uh, And that's because running really is an impact sport. You know, you're not getting tackled by another player, but you are hitting yourself against the ground with every footstep that you take and you will take thousands per mile. And injury prevention isn't usually very sexy. It's not the thing that we want to focus on, but much like strength training, I feel like it enables the sexier things, like the fast race times. It enables us to run our first marathon or our first half marathon or ultra marathon.
1: So here's the question. How do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, educator and creator of Spark Physical Therapy. Welcome to the Healthy Runner podcast. All right, we are live, so welcome and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Healthy Runner podcast, and it is Monday, and we are live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group with a very special guest. We have none other than Jason Fitzgerald from Strength Running podcast and website to talk to us about a coach's perspective to injury prevention. Hey, Jason, good to speak with you again. Great to be here, Dwayne. Thanks so much. Looking forward to this. Yeah, so for those of you who are in our running community that are not familiar with Jason's work, first off, where have you been hiding under a rock? Um, Jason is a 239 marathoner. He's a USA track and field certified coach and author of the number one selling running book on Amazon, Running for Health and Happiness. Love the title, by the way. Um, He actually writes for over 200,000 runners a month and has helped tens of thousands of runners accomplish their goals with a results oriented coaching program. So, Jason and I first met on his podcast. To be exact, it was episode 141, uh, which we spoke about how to build strong and happy hamstrings. I had a great conversation uh, with Jason. So, First off, go and check out his podcast if you are not listening already and listen to that episode. We had a great discussion, but let's get started with today's topic because we're talking injury prevention, a coach's perspective. So, Jason, we're going to get started with a little dynamic warm up because I know you're a big proponent of dynamic warm ups. So, who are you? Where are you from? And why do you like to run? And why do you like to work with the running community? Sure. Well, thanks. I I love the dynamic
0: warm up. an analogy here—that's so great. Uh, but my name is Jason Fitzgerald. I'm a running coach. I work with athletes. Uh, I was going to say all over the country, but really all around the world. I have clients in in so many other different countries too. Uh, and I want to help them become better runners. Whether that's a faster runner, a runner who's capable of running more, or accomplishing a new distance, or whatever performance-oriented goal that that an athlete might have. Um, I'm originally from the East Coast, I grew up in Massachusetts, although now I'm running uh, here in Colorado. I live in Denver and you know it's kind of a, a runner's dream out here with easy access to the mountains and some beautiful trails. So it's uh, definitely a place that I just love being. I mean, the running scene here is just amazing. Um, and why do I like running? Why do I like working with runners? I mean, I, I really fell in love with running almost as soon as I started, uh, which was kind of weird because I, I started running because I, I thought that I could high jump, which is just a complete misunderstanding of the sport of cross country. I showed up because I, I wanted to do high jump. And I very quickly realized that, no, you actually just run a lot every single day and there's no other activity <laughs> besides running. And so it was really challenging for me as a freshman in high school to get started with the sport of cross country, knowing that I, it was only running I didn't really like running at the time, but I was just so grateful for uh, a great team, a great group of guys that was on the team. I really liked the coach and I just fell in love with the sport as soon as I started experiencing some improvement and some progress and, I think that's what I like so much about it uh, is that improvement and that, you know, improving on your race times, improving yourself, getting stronger, getting faster, gaining endurance. That is just so exciting for me because I felt like I had much more control over that process. You put in the work and the results will follow. And, you know, I, I really got into the training side of things. You know, why are we doing certain workouts? Why is our training structured a certain way? Uh, and, you know, I don't know if you could see this. I'm just surrounded by all these running books. They might be buried by the plants here, but, uh, you know, I, I really got into the, the nitty gritty and the details of why we train a certain way. And, you know, that, that was really, you know, my one track mind for most of high school through college years after college, I was just so obsessed with getting better and improving and improving and progressing in the sport. And now as a coach, you know, now that I'm, you know, not 22 anymore, I love the same thing about running, but I think now I get even more excited about helping my athletes accomplish their goals and improving and progressing through the sport themselves. So uh, I think that is really exciting about running just the, that act of improvement and getting better. And I just like helping other runners accomplish that because I know how good it feels. I know how rewarding it is. And I think if we're, smart about our training, if we're strategic about some of the training decisions that we make, we can keep improving and progressing over time. So I think it's a very interesting proposition in a sport. And it's what I love most about it.
1: Nice, excellent. And I know you've talked about on your podcast a lot about your days, you know, uh, competing in high school and college. But what I want to know right now is, given that you are a busy working dad, and you have small children, like many of our listeners do. What is your favorite uh, race distance to run nowadays? Well, I'm a little bit race agnostic.
0: And now that I'm a little bit older, I, I generally stay away from the things that are really long and also really short. If you ask me to race a mile right now, that the proposition of that is just so intimidating because it's it's like sticking your hand in a, you know, a burning hot <laughs> pot of water. It is just incredibly painful, you know, four and a half, five minutes for me. Um, and then on the other side of that, it's the marathon ultra marathons. That is such a time commitment. And, you know, it just requires so much work because I understand how difficult those longer distances are that uh i'll stay in the middle uh right now i'm really liking uh the challenge of a 5k but at the same time i really love the 10 mile to half marathon distance because it's so much more approachable than some of the really longer distances um and and particularly with trail races you know there's a lot of trail races out here in colorado where i live and i absolutely love getting out there for Uh, there's a 12 mile trail race that I particularly enjoy out there in the mountains, uh, as well as, you know, a 10 mile half marathon distance. Cause I feel like those are just long enough to really challenge your endurance without the training commitment required of some of the really long distances.
1: Yeah, I would definitely say I, I I have a personal favorite with the 10 miler as well, but probably the half um, and I think probably most uh, folks in our age category tend to uh, steer in that direction. Let's get started here, Jason. So what do you define injury prevention for running as? Yeah, that's a good
0: question. Uh, I mean, first, I think we have to recognize that running is an inherently risky sport when it comes to injuries. You know, the injury rate among runners is actually really high. You know, depending on the study that you look at, up to about 75% of runners are going to get hurt in any given calendar year. And That number is just pretty insane. You know, that is higher than professional football. uh, And that's because running really is an impact sport. You know, you're not getting tackled by another player, but you are hitting yourself against the ground with every footstep that you take. And you will take thousands per mile. So it's less, you know, extreme impact. And it's much more of this repetitive type of low stress impact. And that wears on you over time. And so injury prevention isn't necessarily you staying healthy forever and never having anything that hurts. You know, it's going to be really hard to do that. But injury prevention really is about, number one, structuring your training in a way that doesn't have you doing anything super silly. You know, you're not going to be increasing your mileage too quickly. You're going to be doing workouts that are not only appropriate for you, but for your fitness level and for the race that you're training for, whatever goal that you might have. Um, and it's about properly progressing through the training cycle of going from where you are now to where you want to be in a safe and very gradual and effective manner. And it's that really safe, effective progression of mileage, of long run distances, of workouts that really forms the, the, the strong central pillar of injury prevention. And then we can layer in all the other smaller things, you know, things like, you know, ice baths and foam rolling and things that are, you know, may work a little bit on the margins, but really aren't the most important aspects of injury prevention, which are uh, number one, I think it's the training, it's the training that you're doing. Uh, and that's why I'm, I'm really glad to talk to you about this. Because I think, you know, when we think about injury prevention, I think a lot of us are like, let's go ask the physical therapist, you know, let's say, you know, how do we stay healthy how do we prevent our next big injury and you're going to talk about form you're going to talk about strength we're going to talk about good mechanics and those are all critically important but we have to think about what is actually getting us hurt. it's the running and who's the one prescribing our running it's the running coach so the running coach has a really big responsibility uh on keeping runners healthy because if you're not structuring that running properly if you're doing things improperly, uh, making a lot of training errors, then your risk of injury is really going to skyrocket. And so injury prevention uh, from a coach's perspective is really about smart training so that
1: you're reducing the risk of injury sometime in the future. There are so many great points that he mentioned there. I just wanna highlight a couple of take-home points that I picked up from that. Number one is that repetitive stress type injury that what we call micro trauma to the body, When you're landing, some studies show 68 times your body weight is happening over time with the amount of steps that you're taking during all of your runs. Yes, that is impact and that is stress. So it is a quote unquote contact sport, as you mentioned. So I like how you brought that up. And the biggest thing, Jason, by far, and the reason why I started this podcast and this Facebook group was really because of the fact of all the injured runners that I've seen in the clinic throughout all of my years. Treating runners, the main story I continually hear, you know, it, it's it, every single runner, pretty much no one gets injured because they weren't training properly. They were usually training improperly. And, you know, to no fault their own, they just didn't know. And that's why honestly, I love your platform because you put out so much good information that is evidence-based and scientifically proven to put these principles out there, to help runners learn how to run in a healthy way. And that's why we started this podcast, but the training errors are by far the most common reason and causative factor for the plantar fasciitis I see in the clinic, the iliotibial band syndrome I see in the clinic. There's always a training story to that. And that is why I honestly got my run coaching certification so I can be able to help my patients more to address that training element because it is a lot of the training things if, if you can correct that honestly the physical stuff is kind of easy honestly it's kind <laughs> of easy it's, it's not that hard there are specific muscles you assess either length strength and you can address those but the training side of things if if someone's doing all the exercise that i'm sure you're going to talk about. Perfectly, but if they have training flaws, they are still going to get injured.
0: That's right, and you know I like to say there's no
1: amount of strength training
0: that will make up for poor training decisions. So if you're doing all the the prehab, you're doing the the best kind of prehabilitation program that Dwayne Scotty can put together for you, but you're making consistent, regular, large training errors, then you know you're still going to get hurt 100. There's no way out of that. And and I want to be clear, I'm not saying oh runners you know, runners don't make good decisions with their training because they don't understand the sport. You know, I think a big part of it is cultural. We've been taught that running is easy. Anybody can run. It's so simple. Just put one foot in front of the other. And to a certain extent, that's true. You know, I don't want to overcomplicate what is at its essence, a very simple sport, but at the same time, as soon as you start having a performance goal, now you want to run 26.2 miles, you know, like, 60, 70 years ago, that was an insane physical challenge for someone to take on. And now our culture says that anyone can run a marathon if you just put your mind to it. And I believe that, but I also believe that that races, and not just the marathon, can be very dangerous and that you have to respect them and you have to give them that respect or else they're not going to respect you and you're going to walk away with an injury. So we kind of have to recognize that running is simple, but training is not necessarily very simple it can be complex Uh, and as soon as we have a performance goal we're moving away from just running as exercise to training and that is a very distinct uh, distinction between the two Uh, and i think we have to give that the
1: respect it deserves or else we're going to keep getting hurt absolutely and as i always say you have to train in order to run so the training element is super important actually a nice segue because you talked about performance goals. And a lot of times I will ask runners, like when they join the Facebook group, you know, what's the number one running related question you have? Or, you know, what are your goals when I'm working with a runner? And it usually goes back to performance based, whether or not they want to get faster or they want to run a certain distance if their their goal for running is weight loss, right? We see that a lot. And they don't really talk about injury prevention so much, but a lot of people who join the healthy runner group are concerned about injury prevention. So where do you see that in the hierarchy? Or why do you think it's important for runners to prioritize injury prevention in their training?
0: Well, I think injury prevention enables the accomplishment of your bigger goals. Like no one has their big, exciting goal of, you know, I'm going to go the next four months without getting an injury. You know, that, that's somewhat exciting. You know, hey, I'm going to be healthy. That's great. But at the same time, we all want to do the exciting things in the races. We want to break four hours in the marathon or qualify for Boston or break three hours in a marathon, sub 25K. There's so many exciting things that runners go after as performance oriented goals. And injury prevention isn't usually very sexy. It's not the thing that we want mm-hmm. to focus on. But much like strength training i feel like it enables the sexier things like the fast race times it enables us to run our first marathon or our first half marathon or ultra marathon the injury prevention work really does allow us to train more to train harder and then that really helps enable those bigger goals to actually be realized so uh you know the and also i'll add that know i was talking about how training is really one of the number one ways that you can prevent your next injury you know it's the proper progression of intensity and volume it's doing things that are appropriate for you that is not only a really great way to stay healthy because you're training appropriately it's also a really great way to improve and get better because you're training appropriately so they're very much related and you're never going to accomplish a huge goal if you don't train appropriately and you're never going to stay healthy if you don't train appropriately. So for me, it's it's almost having the same goal, uh,
1: but just thinking about it in two different ways. Fantastic way of kind of encapsulating how the training and injury prevention actually help you in your performance goals. Cause like you said, it's not the big sexy thing and everyone wants the fastest sneaker, right? And they'll pay whatever amount of money, you know to get the best sneaker, the best gear, the best watch, right? But they don't necessarily want to invest in injury prevention. But like you said, if you're injured you can't hit those performance goals. So I agree that it is part of the overall program and part of the overall training and is something that you really can't forget about. So your brand is strength running. And I think that's a phenomenal brand that you created for yourself because I know myself in creating kind of what I like to call the spark blueprint or my five tips for healthy running, three of those really relate to actually strength training. So it's strengthening running specific muscles that you may not get it with general hit style, you know, gym workouts, training on one leg, and actually strength training on one leg, because when we're running, we're on one leg and then plyometric training. So really relating to kind of the three out of the five relate to those three strength principles. So as you can tell, I have a big passion for strength training as well. But where do you see strength training for runners fit into the injury prevention picture? it is very critical it's integral i would say that
0: strength training is arguably the number 2 most important thing that you can do to stay healthy as a runner you know number 1 it's make sure your training is structured well make sure you're not making a lot of training errors uh and then once your training is structured well then now let's add on the strength training piece of the injury prevention puzzle uh so again i think it's the number 2 most important thing Uh, And, you know, I don't even call strength training cross training. I just call it training. It's part of the training that you have to do as a runner to accomplish your goals if you're a performance oriented runner. And most runners really are performance oriented. Uh, And the way I think about it, too, is if, you know, you talk about you go to you go to any major league uh, football team, baseball team, basketball team, most of the time, they are not sitting around playing games of basketball or football or whatever their sport is, they're practicing specific elements of the game, or they're in the gym lifting weights, they're doing certain drills, they're doing all these other things outside of their sport specific activity, which is the game of basketball or football. And so as runners, I think we really need to look at our training in just the same way. You know, we are not special, we are not very different from other athletes. So yes, we are going to run most of the time. And racing really is the sport of running. And we train for that by running, but at the same time, we're also going to do drills. We are going to do dynamic flexibility exercises. We are going to be incorporating a lot of strength training into our program. Uh, And that includes not just getting in the gym to do some really, you know, more heavy uh, weightlifting. We're actually using an implement. You're lifting heavy weight. Uh, Maybe you're doing some explosive movements. You know, that's what I would call weightlifting. But then it's also the body weight strength exercises that I think are really good for uh, isolating certain muscles for uh, having maybe more of a strong injury prevention stimulus on your training so you're practicing movements as well as trying to gain strength. Uh, and really w- working on you know things like the hips and the glutes and the hamstrings muscles that are really important for runners. So the strength training I think is is absolutely critical. It's just part of the training that we have to do as runners, and uh, if we structure it really well, then it kind of just falls into the normal category of training that us runners have to do if we want to get faster, if we want to be able to run further. So I think it, maybe I'm just splitting hairs here or just, uh, you know, talking about definitions, but I really think it's an important frame, uh, a reframe of how we think about our training. And because if we think about it differently, then we're going to approach it differently. And then, it you know, strength training becomes this thing that we can't skip. It'd be like skipping a long run. You want to be a good marathoner. How can you skip your long runs? You know, you want to be a good 5,000 meter runner. You're going to skip your faster workouts. Like, are you crazy? If you want to stay healthy or, or be able to kick and and run really fast at the end of a race, and you're going to skip your weightlifting workouts. Like, are you crazy? So I'm going on a rant here, but I'm just getting fired up because I really do think it's that critical for runners.
1: I love it. Get fired up. We get fired up all the time within the- drinking coffee. What can I say? (laughs) Nice. Nice. So actually now is a great time to address Lori's question. Lori's here on the live and she has a question. I think this is a great time point to ask it is she thinks of strength training in two ways. First, the actual strength work with heavier weights to gain muscle and be strong. And then secondly, the prehab type work and form drills, coordination type work for busy people, which are pretty much most of our listeners. What is the biggest bang for your buck to hit all the things, quote unquote things, we either do with our strength workout or um, our other exercises on a weekly schedule point of view? So we're really looking at kind of scheduling. Okay. Uh,
0: yeah, I would put a lot of emphasis on the heavier weightlifting because you do get a that, that is a stronger stimulus for gaining strength for gaining power, which is really just the ability to be strong very quickly, which is exactly what runners want. You know, we want to hit the ground with our foot and produce a lot of force and then return a lot of force back into the stride. And and that's an example of power. You don't get a lot of power with body weight exercises. You don't gain as much strength with body weight strength exercises. So I would put a lot of emphasis on weightlifting in the gym. And we don't have to be there four days a week as distance runners. Uh, You know, we're not going to be in there for an hour and a half like a bodybuilder, you know, two 45 to 60 minute sessions per week, I think is a really great way to spend your time, uh, particularly if you're lifting relatively heavier weights in the gym. Uh, On top of that, I would then say. Let's do a dynamic warm-up before we go running. Uh, that is going to metabolically prime you for that run, and I think uh, the research is clear that it not only helps you uh, feel better, but it actually does help reduce your injury risk as well. Because, you know, your your heart rate is up, your perspiration is up, you've lubricated your joints, you've achieved greater ranges of motion. It's done really everything that a good warm-up should do. Uh, so I really like a dynamic warm-up beforehand, which does also have general athleticism, coordination, proprioception, and balance benefits to it as well, uh, depending on the exercise selection that you choose. And then if you can get in the gym twice a week, if you can do a dynamic warm-up before every run that you do, the next thing would be to look at the other days of the week that you're that you're running, but you're not weightlifting. So let's say you run four days a week. You're going to be in the gym two days a week. But that also leaves two other days that you're running where, you know, you're not doing any kind of cool down after the run. And so on those days, I would do 10 to 20 minutes of body weight strength exercises that either target a particular weakness that you individually have, you know, like if you have a hamstring problem, you know, on, on our episode together, Dwayne, we talked about some really specific exercises that are phenomenal for strengthening the hamstrings You know, let's add some of that kind of work onto the other uh, days that you're running. But 10 to 20 minutes of body weight work, I think is is great after your other runs. Uh, And then if we're talking things like form drills or, you know, other types of running drills, you know, those might be the the nice to haves that are not necessarily the must haves. So if you're very much a performance oriented runner, uh, you're a little bit more advanced, you want to spend the time working on these things, then let's do form drills, you know, once or twice a week, maybe before your faster workout. So, uh, I I think there's a lot of opportunity for adding things to the training, uh, program that are going to have a lot of benefits. Um, but you know, if you're busy, I would probably rank them as weightlifting, then your dynamic warmup, then your body weight exercises, and then finally some form drills in that order.
1: Excellent. I like how you broke that down and made that actionable. And one of the things that I have a tendency to do is during my weightlifting sessions, what I'll do in between sets is superset those bodyweight exercises those stability exercises for those smaller muscle groups the hip abductors the external rotators you know the guys that you're probably not hitting a whole lot with some of that strength and power work Uh, just for my schedule that works best where I get in a longer gym session about an hour and a half but I am a little more efficient because I'm sprinkling in while my body's recovering from that You know, heavier load. You know, stressing the glutes and the quads. I can do some hip, you know, external rotation isolation exercise with a mini band, for an example. Um, We're throwing a little bit of core work there. But I like how you your philosophy to add that to the end of your runs. I also like that as well. For those that do like to work out in their homes or are crunched for that gym time and they only have, like you said, that forty-five minutes. It's like I got to get a workout in. What do I do? And I like the focus you put on that strength work because the old adage of runners shouldn't be lifting weights. And, you know, even when we talk about like sport specific training, right. And, you know, they're not weight lifters, but not only from a performance standpoint, which I know you're passionate about and our talk today is really injury prevention, but even just adding that load through the tissues, through the muscles, the tendons actually strengthens them to be more resilient, especially like the common culprits that we see in the middle-aged you know, folks that are probably most of our listeners, the Achilles pain, the hamstring tendon pain, the plantar fasciitis pain, all of those are you know, tissues that haven't been loaded correctly, and then they're stressed too much with running. So strength training is the best way to be able to load those tissues so they are more resilient. So I love everything that you said about that.
0: Yeah. If we think about loading tissue inappropriately as the cause for injury, you know, what is that? That's running too much before you're ready for it. That's running too fast before you're ready for it. And what strength training does is it gives you wiggle room to make more training errors. So if you do get lost on a long run, you end up running two or three miles longer than you really should be. Well, all that strength training will come in handy. You can make an additional mistake in your training and your connective tissues, your muscles, your bones are stronger so that maybe they can handle that extra two and three miles as you figure out where you are and you're able to get home. Or if you run a workout and you end up running all the repetitions too fast and you know your coach is going to be upset with you because you ran too fast, but you've been doing your strength training and while you may be really sore, more sore than you should be, the same time you don't get injured so it gives you a little bit of extra armor to protect yourself from that uh from the stress of making training uh, mistakes and for that reason i really like it it's almost like an insurance policy against mistakes it's a little bit of more of a buffer room against the mistakes that we all make i mean all of us do things because we think we're invincible we think we're really tough you know we think we can handle it you know this time will be different we say all these rationalizations don't we but you know, if we're honest with ourselves, that's when we start getting hurt. But the strength training is is great. It's like our insurance policy against those things.
1: I love it. I've never thought of it that way. But yes, the insurance. Is it okay if I steal that? Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Strength training is the insurance policy. I love it. Um, So what I heard from you, the majority of runners that you work with, do you recommend two days of strength training for the most part?
0: If they're able to get in the gym, Uh, and do some real weightlifting, then yeah, I think two days is great. One probably isn't enough. Three is Mm -hmm. probably overkill where, you know, we just don't have to lift heavy weight two days a week, or I'm sorry, three
1: days a week. I think two is the sweet spot. Nice. All right. And then what if a runner, so we had a question that was submitted earlier by uh, one of our uh, folks here on the live here, Katerina. And she was saying that if her legs are sore, if she does strength training the day before a long run. And then the long run, her legs are sore. What do you recommend in that scenario? I know everyone is specific, um, but let's say you had a runner you were working with. What would you recommend in that scenario if someone was having sore legs for their long run?
0: Yeah. So we always have to remember that strength training should supplement our running. It's there to make it better, to enhance our running. And if it's not, if it's if it's detracting from our running, if it's causing us to run slower workouts or we're not able to hit our splits in in a race or a workout situation or if we're so sore on a long run that you know it's not a pleasurable experience or we're not able to run an appropriate pace for ourselves then something has to give and because we're runners i would say that what has to give is the strength training and so in this specific example i'd say that it's probably not, not a good idea to strength train the day before a priority day which for a distance runner you really have two or three priority days a week. It's the long run and then it's your one or two faster workouts during the week. So if you're lifting the day before your workout or your long run, you're putting yourself in a position where you're gonna be carrying a bunch of fatigue into the the workout or the long run. And a better schedule for that is to either lift on the same day as your workout or long run, which makes that day really hard, but that, that can be a good thing. Uh, what that really does is polarize your training, you make your hard days really hard, but then you're also going to make your easy days really easy. And so on those hard days, you know, you are focusing on gaining as much fitness as possible, as long as you're sleeping really well. And then you're taking those easy days super easy, then I don't really see a big problem with this. Now, with that said, some people don't have the time available to, you know, do a long run or a faster training session, and then go to the gym. And so if that's, not possible for you. Or if, you know, frankly, for me, I find it really hard to go to the gym and lift after a long run. I'm almost depleted. I'm a little spent. I don't have the motivation anymore. I've left it all out, you know, on the road. And so for me, I do like doing it the day after. Now, a lot of runners are going to take the day off. The, the day after a long run or workout, I still think that's okay. As long as there's another day off during the week where you're not doing any exercise. So for most runners, I really like to see at least one complete day off from exercise. You know, any formal exercise, if you want to go for a 20 minute walk, that that's fine. I'm not going to count that as, as anything too grueling for a runner. Um, but Structuring it that way is another way to spread some of that load around so that you're not making, you know, those hard days too hard. But I think either option, number one, prioritizes the run first. You always want to do the the running before you lift. You always want to prioritize the running that you're doing before the strength training. And then, uh, if you do it, if you do the strength training on the same day as your workout or long run, uh, you may not be able to lift as much. But that's okay. You know, a lot of the times when we're lifting, we're really practicing movements and practicing coordination. We don't necessarily have to put so much stock into exactly how much that we're lifting because, you know, we're not bodybuilders, we're not uh, power lifters, and, you know, we're not looking to get PRs in the gym. We're looking to get PRs out on the race course. So if anything has to, you know, be sacrificed, it should definitely be the strength training. And part of that is with the, the, the proper schedule. And then it's just a recognition that, you know, you're going to be a little bit tired from your running that may negatively impact your strength training. And there's nothing to worry about that. That's totally fine from, from a, you know, a running coach's perspective. Um, now if you, of course, if you are a power lifter and you were trying to cut weight, you don't want to run and then sacrifice your lifting, you know, so it's the same principle just applied to the sport of running.
1: Excellent. Excellent. So I'm sure, Many folks here want to hear from you on what your favorite running injury prevention exercises are. You know, that is a great question
0: and uh maybe maybe this is like the respect for the physical therapy side of things, but I'm I'm a little exercise agnostic. I don't really think that there's the exercise to beat all other exercises. I'm a Big believer in the fundamentals. If you're in the gym, you know, squats and deadlifts and, you know, all the different variations of those two exercises, uh, of which there are many, are your friend. Those are two of the best exercises that you can do. Um, Now, you did allude to something really important and that was this, uh, this idea of working on a single leg, you know, single leg strength training. This is really important because if you think about it, that's what running is. Running is basically a series of highly coordinated one legged hops. And if you can't stand on one leg, if you can't do some one leg strength exercises, then you can imagine that your running is somewhat compromised and you're at a higher risk of injury. So if I had to pick an exercise with a caveat that I'm a believer in all of them. They all have their place. You know, the pistol squat is one of my favorites because not only is it a single leg exercise, but it's a squat, which makes it even more specific to the sport of running and it has you work on one leg. So, you know, you are going to be basically doing a squat on one leg. It's a very advanced exercise, which basically means that even if you are pretty strong, you're probably still going to have some trouble with the pistol squat so it leaves you a lot of opportunity for improvement. And if you're sure, you know, if you're ever curious, you know, how strong am I? How coordinated am I? Is my balance any good? Try a pistol squat. If you can't do it, then you know you have some work to do. Uh, and so I think that exercise, you know, there's an element of strength, of coordination, of balance, and proprioception, and uh, and also of runner specificity that really maybe puts the pistol squat in my number one spot, even though. Like I said, I'm I'm not a believer in, in any one exercise, but the pistol is pretty good.
1: No, that's great. And I think you addressed uh, Sean's here on the live and he, his question was a good substitute for a heavyweight deadlift or squat. If you can't get to the gym during a pandemic, um, he was thinking single leg deadlift, but I think you answered his question there with the pistol squat. So hopefully that helps you, Sean. So thanks for jumping on here on the live. And we have a number of trail runners within our Healthy Runner community. And uh, one of the the folks who has been here since the beginning uh, has been a huge supporter, Sundar, a little shout out to him. He's been a longtime contributor within our community. And he wants to know, if you have any specific strength training workouts specific to trail running, or are the strength programs that you create um, for the runners that you work with and recommend, are they the same pretty much as, um, folks that are running on the road? Pretty much.
0: They are pretty much the same. The The only real difference with trail running and road running is that, you know, if you think about it, trail running is a little bit less consistent. There's more variety in it because you're navigating more uneven terrain. You're navigating Inconsistent terrain with rocks and roots and holes and more frequent turns and slight elevation changes all the time. Whereas if you're on the road, you know, it's a harder surface, it's a more uniform surface, and you know, you don't have to navigate any of that uncertainty. And so, when we get in the gym and we're doing our weightlifting workouts, that's really good for road running because essentially what we're focusing on is force production. That's a fancy way of saying how strong you are, how much force can you produce, say in a squat or with a single stride of your running stride. That's strength. That's power. That's going to be really important in a road race. Is it important in a trail race? A hundred percent. Absolutely. With that said, you're not going to be able to produce as much power during every part of that trail race, just because you're going to be navigating some of that terrain. And so the calculus shifts a little bit with trail runners in that, they don't have to focus as much on force production and gain and being as strong as possible. They really want to be very stable. And so I might put a little bit more emphasis on some of those body weight strength exercises, Um, you know, uh, runner specific core workouts. uh, And I don't mean just the abs, you know, I really mean the entire core region, the obliques, uh, the the very deep lower uh, abdominals, you know, the lower back, the glutes, the hips, the hamstrings, you know, the uh, hip flexors, you know, the, I, I like to say somewhat irreverently that the core is from your knees to your nipples. It's that entire region. It's not just your abs. And so I do think that kind of a focus might be a little bit more important for trail runners, particularly those runners who are running very long trail races, you know, maybe ultra marathons and those runners who are, um, you know running much more technical races where you know the trails are just really gnarly and you just have to navigate all kinds of obstacles you know there there are some trail races where you know you're basically on the road it's like a dirt road it's very clear uh and so that is very very uh similar to road running but the really technical stuff the really long stuff i'm not saying that the the strength and power benefits of weightlifting aren't important they definitely are but you know, maybe layering on top of that, some extra stability work, kind of like how you were saying, you know, maybe supersetting some of those exercises with, you know, uh, different stability oriented body weight exercises is a good way of, you know, getting some more of that stability benefit with your training, as well as the force production and the power of lifting heavier weights. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'd say they're like 95% the same.
1: So going back to the whole COVID situation, uh, myself doing a bunch of you know, home workouts with runners, there's been an emphasis more on the core because I haven't been able to lift heavy, right? So I've actually noticed a huge difference in just dedicating more time to the, that core work that is necessary. And I would totally agree that makes most sense um, with trail running. So what I wanna know is how much do you think running technique contributes to injury prevention and how do you work on these with the runners you work on, on a one-on-one basis? So do you do like gate retraining? What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a good question. And
0: no doubt that your form and your technique does play a role in how injured you are, how healthy you're able to, to stay in a given year. Um, Now, with that said, I do think it can be very difficult to retrain some runners' gait because, uh, you know, if you've been running for a long time, let's say even three years, which for some runners, that's not a long time at all. They've been running for decades. You know, if you've been running for a couple of years, you know, the longer you've been running, the more difficult it is to change your form. It is not just a physical occurrence, but it is a mental occurrence. You know, your brain has a blueprint, a mental model of how it runs and changing that kind of neural response to, you know, how you should be running, it takes a long time. And so, you know, there's a bunch of indirect and very direct ways of addressing form, particularly from a coach's perspective, when, you know, I want to reinforce good form when a runner is out there training. And there's a couple of different ways to do that. Number one, high mileage. High mileage is good because it is essentially practice. You know, the more you practice something, the better you're going to get at it. And what it really does is force you to run more economically because you're going to be more tired. You are going to have to uh, conserve energy. You're going to have to find uh, a a certain technique or running form that helps you get in all the miles that you're trying to get in. Uh, And studies have shown that, you know, runners who are doing more mileage further ingrain more economical technique habits into their form because out of necessity. So that's one way of doing it from kind of a training side of things. You know, I don't ever have to even say the word running form, but by progressively increasing a runner's mileage, it's something that we're working on indirectly. Uh, Another way of improving form is by weight training in the gym. Uh, You do improve your economy. Uh, Part of that is just through better coordination between the muscles and within the muscles when you're out there running. Uh, Part of it is just, you know, your ability to maintain better form when you do get really tired. Uh, If you ever want to see some of the worst running form imaginable, go to mile 24, mile 25 of a marathon and just stand on the sidelines. You will see a procession of human misery. (laughs) that, and don't get me wrong. I love marathons, but you know, these are runners who are, you know, deep in the pain cave and they are starting to fall apart and they probably have been falling apart for miles. And, you know, that's when you can see runners form just completely deteriorating and falling apart. And what strength training does is that it pushes that point further into the race so that you are going to be running for less time with poor form. And so that's really important for improving your form, just being stronger. Um, then we can kind of move into more direct ways of improving form, which are things like, you know, working on cues, uh, things like, you know, what, what is your cadence or your step rate per minute, uh, you know, looking at your posture. And that's one reason why all that core work is really important. You know, it really helps with postural stability. Um and so there's, there's a couple different ways of, of doing it. Uh, I, I really like the indirect way of addressing form. Uh, r- you know, regularly running fast is another great way of practicing good form. Running hill workouts is another good way of reinforcing good form. All these things um, make good form easier to have as a runner, uh, because especially with the more speed oriented strategies, you can't have really terrible form when you're running hard up a hill. Uh, you can't, you know, have aggressive heel striking and incredible overstriding if you're trying to run really hard up a hill, for example. So there's these ways of working at form indirectly that I love um, because, you know, the research is showing that the more you try to tinker with your form, unless you have an incredible history with injuries, unless something is really not working with your running, you know, it's best to almost leave it alone and, you know, maybe play with it a little bit on the margins, but we can do a lot of improvement just through the training itself.
1: Excellent. So not making huge drastic changes, but just making some slight changes um, to technique and running. And I think that highlights a great point in our sport is sometimes we chase the fads right? Whether it's barefoot running or it's like really high, high cushioning shoes or really drastically changing your heel drop in your shoe. I think just making that point in terms of our topic tonight, injury prevention, is making those small changes as opposed to thinking drastic changes so i need to be respectful of your time jason and we got into a lot of good stuff here i could talk to you honestly for hours and maybe we'll have to have you on the show in the future to get into a little bit more specific training type questions but let's get into our final stretch here so if you could change one thing about the misconception of running what would that be
0: oh boy the 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 most loaded question um (laughs) I think I might change the misconception that running is easy. Running is something that anyone can do if you just put one foot in front of the other. Because while that is true, it leads so many of us to getting hurt because we don't then we then don't take running as seriously as we should. You know, I don't think anyone is saying, Oh, football is easy. Just put on a helmet and get on the field. There's a lot of smart people that would say, hold on a second you you need to know some basics before you get on that field or else you're going to get your bell rung and it's not going to be fun for you. Same thing with uh, with running. You know, I get so many emails from runners who are like, I just started running last month and I'd like to run a marathon in three months. Can you help me? My long run is at six miles. And I say, no, I cannot help you. There's nothing I can do. I, I'm not a miracle worker. Um, and, and so I guess what I'm saying is that I, I would hope that more runners respect how difficult running really is especially uh not only running the really long distances like a marathon but getting fast in the short distances you know running a fast mile is incredibly hard uh, and you know the same thing with the marathon running a fast marathon or even just finishing 26.2 miles i think is a huge accomplishment because it's not an easy thing to do it takes at least six months of prep you know, there's a reason why there's no couch to marathon program, because going from couch to marathon is, you know, an invitation to your office, Duane, it's not a good idea. So uh, I think if I could wave a magic wand, I would get runners to appreciate the sport of running as a, as a difficult sport and take it a little, take the preparation for it a little bit more seriously.
1: That's fantastic. And I'm sure there will be many runners who heard this episode on the podcast or watched the video within the Healthy Runner Facebook group or on the Spark Your Training YouTube channel and want to learn more about you as well as your podcast. So what would be the best way for them to check out some of your content and get in touch with you, Jason? Well, thanks. Uh,
0: Yeah, my home base where I really put most of what I do is strengthrunning.com. Uh, That's where you'll find the blog. You'll find episodes of the podcast. Uh, A lot of our videos from our YouTube channel are included in in different blog posts throughout the entire site. Uh, And then there's also the Strength Running Podcast, which you can find, I don't know, anywhere, Apple Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, pretty sure you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, And then I'm also on social media, but uh, you know, no matter where you find me, I'd love to hear from you. I want to hear, you know, what kind of material that I put out really resonates with you. What would you like to see more of, you know, I really try to listen and talk with as many runners as possible because I'm trying to create um content that directly answers your questions that directly addresses problems that you have so you know that's why I did a whole episode with you Dwayne on hamstrings because I've gotten a bunch of questions on it and I wanted to create you know one piece of massively valuable content for that specific runner and so no matter if you're someone who's interested in running for weight loss or strength training or or even you know working on some of the mental skills that are really important for runners you know we have a lot of different material at strength running to help
1: absolutely and i love that you love that engagement because i feed off of that as well and like when people you know sign on to the podcast or the facebook group i'm constantly engaging with them and i love that you do that as well even That even though your following is a lot bigger and you've had, you know, all these years of creating content, I love that you still stay kind of quote unquote grounded, right and you're still engaging with your audience and you're still you know, listening to what their problems are and creating content specific for them. And those listening on the podcast, if you can share this episode of the podcast with your runner friends and they can, if they're not following Jason's Strength Running Podcast, they need to because I'm listening every week and I'm learning and growing as a runner. And I think Jason highlighted tonight about the importance of training smart and learning and continually advancing your education and your knowledge base. To be able to train in order to run so we don't get injured. Right. And that was today's topic is injury prevention. Kind of providing a little recap, we talked about the how why is injury prevention important for runners? And Jason really shared a lot of great tips and actionable tips, actionable exercises. And we got kind of deep dive into that topic tonight. So I thank everyone who has been listening. Jason, thank you so so much. I appreciate you coming on and taking your time, taking your hour of your time to help us within our Healthy Runner community.
0: Hey, it was a lot of fun, Dwayne. Thanks so much for inviting me. This was a blast, and uh, I look forward to hopefully connecting with members of your community too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And remember, everyone who's listening, every Monday night, usually at 8 p.m. within the Healthy Runner Facebook group, we go live to answer your running questions with experts in the field. So keep us in mind on your schedule. And thank you again. And remember, stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Until next time, guys. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. I appreciate you, and I hope you got a lot of value out of it. And I hope that becoming a healthy runner is as exciting for you as it is for me. I hope you can see that this podcast can not only benefit your running, but your overall health as well. If I said something that resonated with you, then jump over to our free Facebook group called Healthy Runner. I give live trainings in there every single week to the hundreds of members. I answer questions directly in there and absolutely love hearing the takeaway and wins that you have from this show. More on the show at sparkyourtraining.com for our latest articles, resources and specific exercise videos I mentioned in the show. You can also head over to any of my social media accounts at spark your training, where I include lots of free content for all the ideas I talked about in the show. If you have learned anything from this podcast, I would really appreciate if you headed over to Apple podcasts or iTunes and rated and reviewed it as well as pass it along to your runner friends so they can have the same tools and ideas that you now have if you have any questions suggestions and show ideas the best way to reach out is through your favorite social media platform thank you so much and i appreciate you stay active stay healthy and just keep running now it's time to strap in and get ready for the next episode of the healthy runner podcast